Good morning. Good morning. Daryl. Daryl, is your whole crew here or just you? Okay. Okay, dokie. All right. All right. A couple of announcements before we send off to Redbird Mission Team. Prayer cards. If you have a prayer request, if you raise your hand, the ushers will give you a prayer card. Kids, remember that we meet in the gym tonight. Handbells at 5.15. Everyone else at 5.30. And remember that next week the children sing in this for Mother's Day here in this uh, congregation at 9 a.m. Camp Discovery Vacation Bible School registration is online today at greerchurch.com. Don't you don't want to miss this year's Vacation Bible School. What's the date? Seventh, June the seventh, right? June the seventh. I want you to remember that our confirmands and leaders are at Alaska at Fort Tree this weekend. And we will finish the Ten Commandments series next Sunday. It'll be at 7 a.m. There's not a sermon next Sunday in this service. Relay for Life announcement, and then we'll do Redbird. Good morning. Everybody's awake, but Harriet, probably. Um, I want to thank you for your support of Relay for Life. Um, once again, Memorial steps up and their team does a lot of work and you all make um, finding a cure for cancer possible. Um, this is a fundraiser for the American Cancer Society and if you don't know about Relay, there are a lot of folks in the church that would be glad to talk about it with you. Um, just a few reminders, if you would like to have luminary bags on the track, um, we need for you to turn those requests in. It is a $10 contribution, and these will line the track and be lit um, for the luminary ceremony, which is always a very meaningful time. There should be a tear-off in the bulletin if you would like to turn that in, and we can make um, the your contributions payable to Memorial Methodist and then um, we write a check to the American Cancer Society. Um, I also wanted to mention that the invitations for the survivor dinner um, should have been received by now. If you have not gotten your invitation, if you would let me or Marsha Lee know that and we will uh, see what happened. We'll track it down. Um, I don't know if this information was on the invitation, but as a survivor, it would be uh, convenient for you to park at Chandler Creek Elementary School. The survivor tent will be on that end of the track, and this is at Dooley Field. Um, the event takes place May the 15th, which is not far away. Um, I have uh, a lot of t-shirts that have been ordered, um, the ones, and I think I got a phone call or a message to most everybody. There are some uh, at the table at the back this morning. Um, I, if you haven't ordered a shirt and would like to, I will um, just try to get another order together. I'm not sure that it would be here by relay night, though. And then we have the night of the uh, event, several contests for the children and young people. Um, there's a costume contest, a Disney character costume contest for 12 and under. So look through your closets. I imagine there are a few Disney princesses at home or pirates or Pinocchios. Our tent theme is Pinocchio. So um, I'm sure you have a Pinocchio costume and a potential Pinocchio stashed somewhere. Um, the other, I know you have a costume. I think you should just put it on and come to Relay. We know who our princess is here on the front. 
Um, and then there's a singing contest, and this can be for an individual or for a group. Um, I don't think there's, there's not an age limit, so any of us, you, can come out and sing that night. But it has to be a Disney thing, theme song or a Disney song, but just not from Frozen, because <laughs> <laughs> they did not want to have uh, 14 Frozen songs that night, or that's not the name of it, I can't... Right. I can't believe I can't remember. But thank you so much for your support. May the 15th. May the 15th. May the 15th. All right, Daryl, come up here. Daryl, we want Daryl to come up and just briefly say something about the Redbird mission. Then we'll have the, have the team come up and we'll have a prayer. Send them on their way. I, I understand y'all are going right now. Is that right? Okay. They're going to miss the sermon. <laughs> Good morning. I didn't know I was going to speak this morning. I'll try to keep it uh, less than 20 minutes so Pastor Joseph can talk. But <laughs> anyway, I'm happy to announce that uh, five of us from this church are going to Redbird Mission. Leaving this morning. We'll be gone all week. If, for those of you who don't know about Redbird, it's a, it's a Methodist church-supported uh, organization in Appalachia. It's in Beverly, Kentucky, and it's about uh, 80 or 90 years old. They uh, minister to the poor uh, people in that area. There's a lot of poverty. You, you just wouldn't believe. So um, our church has stepped up and uh, we're contributing money and people and uh, we've been collecting tools and clothing and just you name it, they can use all of it. So um, this is a mission-oriented church, and I'm happy to be part of it, and I'm happy that we're going this morning. Thank you. I'll come up here and line up in front of the altar here, and we will uh, Let's pray. Gracious God, we praise you this day, this morning, as we come to worship you. And Lord, we want to lift up uh, Darrell and this team, along with the team that's going from Aldersgate, uh, and others, I'm sure, that'll be going in the weeks ahead to uh, Redbird Mission. Uh, Lord, uh, we know and you know all the good work that goes on up there to help the folks uh, in that uh, very depressed area of our country. We pray, O oh Lord, that, that the lives that these folks will meet uh, will not only be enriched by what they do, but their, their lives, Daryl and the team's lives, will be enriched uh, by their experiences uh, with, these, with these folks and with the Redbird uh, Mission Organization. We pray, O oh Lord, that lives will be touched, spirits refreshed, and that work will be done in your name and to your glory. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we'll see you. And when you come back, I want you to give me a little report, okay, of what's going on and everything. Thank you. Let's, we appreciate it. All right, let's begin our worship. I'm sure that you have noticed that we are a few men down this morning. Um, our group's kind of small, so we miss even one when they're out, and this morning we're missing three. Um, but we are very blessed to have Don joining us this morning. He is the organist for the 11 o'clock service, and this is his contemporary debut. So if you have not had the pleasure of meeting Don, be sure you meet him after the service and um, tell him how much you enjoyed having him this morning. Will you stand and worship with us?
Gracious God, we are so grateful to see the sun and to feel its warmth and to enjoy this beautiful spring weather. We are also so grateful to have your presence with us and to know that you are greater and stronger than anything that we may face. Give us your strength and your love and your wisdom and bring us together this morning as we worship your name. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen.
turn and greet those around you, and children, come forward for the children's sermon. Good morning. Who can tell me what these are? Branches. Branches, yes. Branches. What's, what do you see that's different about these? This one's almost called a what? Stick. <laughs> it's been off the tree for a long time, hasn't it? This one not so long, but see how wilted it is? Okay. Are these dead or, or are they alive? Are they alive? Dead. They're dead. Well, this one's definitely dead. This one is on its way. <laughs> so where did these come from originally? Where did they come a from? Tree. A tree. That's right. If you just went outside right now and, and you put some really good soil and some fertilizer and some water and you stuck these in the ground, would they grow? No. No, they wouldn't. And why? Yes. You know? Because they don't have any they don't have any roots, they don't have a vine or a tree or anything to give them nourishment, right? Water. Hmm? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well that kind of describes our relationship with Jesus. Excuse me. Listen to the Bible verse today. This is what Jesus said in John 15:5. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man re remains close in me, and me in him, he will bear much fruit. And apart from me, he can do nothing. He can do nothing good. So, how can we stay connected to Jesus? Can you think of some ways we can stay close and connected to Jesus? What about, what are we doing today? What are we doing? Going to church. We come to church. What are some other ways we can stay close to Jesus? Be good. Being good, yeah. Obeying the Ten Commandments, yeah. How about reading your Bible? Yeah. And how about praying? Yeah. Those are all good ways that we can stay close to Jesus. Okay, so, do you want to be a branch like these? No. Or would you rather be a branch, can you see those up there? That are connected to that beautiful tree, and they're green, and they're living. So which one would you rather be like? Okay, so that's the same thing about our relationship with Jesus. We want to stay close to Him. Okay, so let's pray, and y'all repeat after me, okay? Dear Jesus, help us to remember that away from you, we can't be the best we could be. Amen. Thank you. Gracious God, we pray this day that your message of deliverance that's been passed on from every generation would once more be passed on by our generation, and that we as your congregation would sing your glorious, your glory into your glorious name, and everything we say and do by our actions, our deeds, our words. We are reminded this day that of your great love for us, your great love for creation, your great love for us creatures, the fact that you sent your Son to be the Savior of the world. 
And when he came, he taught us to love each other as children of a family that, can, that are called to live in harmony. And yet, this day we must confess that even though your love is beyond measure, we're often afraid of it. We're often afraid to turn over our, our wishes, our desires, our troubles to you. And we don't always love our brothers and sisters as ourselves. And in this weakness, we sin. And we need your refreshing spirit. We need you to have mercy upon us and to forgive us our sins and to restore us once more by the power of the Holy Spirit so that that Spirit would indwell in us and allow us to be those disciples you've called us to be. We're reminded that Jesus has shown himself to be the vine which gives life to the branches. And so we pray, O oh Lord, this day that you'd send the healing power of your love and grace to all those who might be weak in their bodies or minds or spirits, especially those who we've listed in our prayer list in our bulletin. And also we pray specifically this day for a family who has lost their child. We pray for David who has bone marrow cancer. We pray, O oh Lord, for many that we know in our hearts now. Lord, we know that you have what is needed. And we pray that you would nourish and, and restore all those that we've named with our voices and in our hearts. And we pray, O oh Lord, this day that you would help us to accept your good and perfect will in this and all things as we pray as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if you're glad or sad, but we're about to finish our Ten Commandments series. And we're looking at two, number six, uh, no killing, and number eight, yes to living. And give attention now to the reading of God's Word. is Exodus chapter 20. Verse 13 reads, you shall not murder. Verse 15 reads, you shall not steal. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Well, Lord, we thank you this day for many things, but especially thank you for your precepts and commandments and teachings to help us to live a correct way and to form a perfect society. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I think most everybody can agree to no killing Yes to living. I mean, I think that there's one commandment that you probably get 100% uh, if you did a poll, this would be it. So what's God up to? I mean, it just seems so obvious. I believe what God is saying and what God was doing with this particular commandment is that he, God wants us to know that human life is special. All human life is precious in the sight of God and is special. And yet, as people... We have dreamed up some do real doozy ways to kill each other, haven't we? Like state-sponsored terrorism, nuclear war, and euthanasia, just to name a few. And let's, let's just look at that one for a minute. All of you know Dr. Kevorkian, or have heard of him. Okay, he's made quite a name for himself in this field, didn't he? You know, giving crazy old Edna ain't Edna a little push over the edge into the grave might not seem like such a bad idea until you think that someone might start thinking that about you as I get closer to retirement all of a sudden I realize you know it's like I'm a fading <laughs> fading out someone else is fading in and I, it's like you can hear you know the 
the hoofbeats, right? The, the, the footsteps uh, as time passes. So, uh, you know, how long will it be before one, someone thinks I'm like the cra crazy old Aunt Edna? It needs a little push over the edge. But the Lord, you see, didn't really give us any wiggle room for misinterpretation, I don't think, in this particular commandment. It's short and sweet. Friends, life originated with God. And God's name is to be praised throughout the earth. And it's only humans that can praise that name. And even old crazy Aunt Edna is qualified to do that in God's eyes. So it's important for us to remember this day that abortion, euthanasia, war, murder, suicide, capital punishment, all these things shorten the full expression of human life in the praise of God. We must remember that whether the issue is the unborn or the aged, if we're to live or die in God's presence, we are not to exercise total self-determination. The psalmist wrote, My times are in your hands, O Lord. And it's important for us to remember that. Now I know that our time on earth is short and we're thrust in many difficult situations. There's no doubt about that. And we can choose to rebel, I believe, against God's Word and make bad decisions. But God's Word does not change. And that is ultimately a word of grace. We people of God are called to love the ones fallen in sin, to pray for their restoration and to encourage them. And if we're to follow the commandment that Jesus gave us to love our enemies, then we must not just preach this principle, we must live this principle. And that means no one can be excluded from God's grace. No one can be excluded from God's love. And we're called also to love all people. We must love the condemned as well as the victim. We must love the enemy as well as the friend. We must love the mother as well as the child she carries. Now I know sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend how we're going to love all six billion people on this planet. But we can learn to love the people that are put in front of us, can't we? And see, that's where you start. That's how you love the six billion. You start by loving those that's put in front of you. We must be consistent, I think, in the application of this prohibition to kill human life and Jesus' command to love. That's what's important. It's also, I think, important to remind ourselves every so often that on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus expanded the commands given to Moses in a significant way. If you remember, he said, for example, that if you're angry with someone, that's almost as serious as murder. Now, why did Jesus expand the understanding of the commandments that way? Because Jesus, I think, wanted us to make sure we understood our sacred worth, our sacred worth as, as images of the Creator. And if we disparage each other, we are disparaging the sacred image of God. And so that's why it's important that we don't do that. And that can occur in lots of ways. It can occur when we fail to teach our kids properly about sex and let them get to the place where abortion is their only choice. It can occur by failing to actively promote international peace, causing war to be an ever-present danger. It can occur by allowing conditions in a society to exist where some folk feel that they have to break the law to survive. It can occur by failing to provide the warmth of human love to those whose pain is so deep that death seems better than life. Friends, whether we like it or not, this is a command we need to hear. You shall not kill. The issues are complex. Let us trust God to administer justice and bring righteousness in His own way and His own time. Let us thank Him for tempering the wrath that's due us with mercy. And let us pledge today, I believe, this is the most important pledge we can make, really, is to value and protect life in every circumstance just the way our Lord does. So, no killing. Yes to living. So that brings us to stealing. No stealing. Yes to giving. The founder of Prison Fellowship was once in a meeting 
with the chairman of a publishing company and he boasted, the chairman of the publishing company boasted that our news, our media outfit was instrumental in the removal of the commandments from the walls of the public schools. So he was asked why he thought this was such a good idea. Why, why is that a good idea? And he said, because they offend people of other religions. And we must separate church and state. Later in this same meeting, this same executive brought up the subject of juvenile crime. And he said, theft is increasing at an alarming rate. What can be done to teach kids that stealing is wrong? Someone spoke up, maybe we should put up a sign that says, you shall not steal. To which this same person, without missing a beat, said, that's a great idea. My friends, the commandments have always been a good idea. They represent a divine guidebook on how to live our lives and how to create a perfect society. And this commandment about stealing is, carries with it, I think, many connotations. There's the stealing of human life. There's the stealing of another's heart for destructive purposes. There's the stealing of the welfare of a society. There's the stealing of property. And the stealing of property is probably the one I have the most experience with in my previous line of work. Most of you know that my first half of my working career, I was in management, large retail uh, outfit. The people who violate this command come in all shapes and sizes, all races, all ethnic backgrounds, and all walks of life, and unfortunately, all ages. Don't let anyone tell you that they don't. Someone once said that old, that old folks were worth a fortune. They had silver in their hair, gold in their teeth, stones in their kidneys, lead in their feet, and gas in their stomachs. Well, that might be true. But you know what? They still just as bad as anybody else. Don't let anybody tell you that it's just young juvenile people who steal. When I hear this command about thou shalt not steal, I can't help but think about things that came, come to my mind, my own personal experiences, and I want to share a couple with, of them with you. Uh, one time, I was patrolling around the store, and I noticed that, that you know, I was looking down an aisle, and I noticed that someone was walking down, you know, so you know how aisles are in a store, and they were walking, and then they would, all of a sudden, they didn't come out. You know what I'm saying? You, I saw them, I saw them, then I didn't see them again. Then a few minutes later, they came out, they went, then, I, they, then they didn't see them again, okay? So we went and approached the person. He was an elderly Baptist preacher. Thank God it wasn't a Methodist. His pockets were stuffed with super glue. It seemed he had a habit of sniffing glue. And he would go into the stores and he would steal the glue. There was the man and woman who uh, was, they, someone came up to, uh, to me and our security, we had a security guard. And we went and they said, this, we're pretty sure they've stolen a bunch of tools. Uh, they have a big duffel bag and it's stuffed. So we went and approached them, stopped them. Of course, inside the bag was over $1,000 worth of tools, okay? So we detained them for the police to come. They were arrested. They posted bail. A few hours later, a police officer showed up at the store. He had an arrest warrant for me. It seemed as if they had decided to charge me with assault because I had stopped them, okay? I want you to know that they posted bail, as I said. We never saw them again. But I had to go to court three times to get my name cleared. This is the kind of stuff you have to deal with sometimes with this type of crime. All right, one more and I'll shut up. Or maybe two more. <laughs> 
the risk, any of y'all work in with the public or in retail? I tell you, the risk today is incredible. This happened years ago, and I can't imagine what it would be today. I'll never forget, we had this little 12-year-old, he was 12 years old, little 12-year-old boy, and he would come in, and this was a mall store. He would come in the mall entrance, and on the way through the store, out the entrance to the parking lot, he would pick up something and go. Um, yeah, it's like, okay, here's it. Everybody knew him, you know, and he'd pick it up and go and run. You never could catch it. All right. So finally, we called him, took him to the office, wait for a juvenile officer to come to talk to pick him up. Nonchalantly, I said, "You have any weapons on you?" He pulls out a 38 pistol and handed it to me. Thank you, Jesus, that he didn't kill me that day. And finally, there, 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 finally, I have got to tell you this, but I'm not going to tell you the name of the person, but maybe you can figure it out. I, I worked in Clarksville, Tennessee the home of a famous Olympic star. We stopped her nephew for stealing. He called his famous aunt to come get him. She thought I should give him a break because she was who she was. I told her I didn't care if she was Rudolph the reindeer. Stealing is stealing. And we arrested a little guy. Friend stealing is, was, I think, is high on the list of commandments that just absolutely drive me crazy because of my experience. Someone once said that the only reason the stars are in the heavens is that we can't get our hands on them, and I think that's probably true. I think the inclination of humanity is to sin, and the inclination is to do every one of these sins. I know when I was a little boy, I was shopping with my grandmother one time, and I picked up a pack of candles, birthday candles, stuck it in my pocket. When we got home, I pulled those candles out and started playing with them in the mud pie, mud place. Y'all ever played mud pies and little cars out in the yard? And I, made, I put them in my mud pie for my imaginary mud pie birthday cake. Mom and grandmother saw those candles. She knew she hadn't given me any candles. She knew that she hadn't bought any candles. Well, we went back to the store with the candles, and I learned a great lesson about not picking up other people's property, and it stuck with me. I guess we can all feel pretty good about this command, but we need to remember a couple things that the Lord wants us to know. When we fail to pay bills, when we fudge on our taxes, when we conduct personal business on company time, when we carry off a few supplies, thinking the company won't miss it, we're still taking what rightly belongs to another. It's a violation of this command. And then there's this word from God found in Malachi 3.8. Malachi 3.8 says, Will anyone rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how are we robbing you? And the answer is, in your tithes and offerings. Thou shalt not steal. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the Lord feels like that we're stealing from Him when we don't support Christ's holy church with our tithes and our offerings. I don't know if you ever thought about it this way, but I've always thought that every command, if you looked at them in an opposite way, in a positive way, they're really more effective. If people would say yes to giving, okay, think about it, instead of no stealing, if you say yes to giving, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. And maybe that's what comes closest to understanding God's mind. The same thing with the first one I was talking about. Yes to living instead of saying no killing. It seems to me that a society that cares whether each one has equal opportunity is a just society and one worthy of being called God's kingdom on earth. Are we there yet? No. 
But in the meantime, we can strive, it seems to me, to try to understand what God was doing with these tender commands. God said no to stealing. Yes to giving. No to killing. Yes to living. May God bless our understanding of these holy, tender commandments. Now next week, as I said, we'll finish and we'll get to the all-time favorite, no adultery. <laughs> One little fast joke before we do our, our uh, affirmation. Moses came off the mountain. He said, I got good news and bad news. The good news is, I whittled God down to just ten commandments. The bad news is, no adultery is still in there. <laughs> That's the hardest one for people, to, I believe, not to do. Let's affirm our faith. Let's stand. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life in death, and life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. May our ushers come forward to receive our tithes and our offerings. Jesus.
stand and sing with us. fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day, each day, forever. Amen.
Have a blessed week.